Blog Talk Radio. More live fantasy sports radio than anyone on the planet. Seven continuous hours of football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus seven hours of game day frenzy on Sunday. 30 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Like Craig Davis of FantasyFootball.com. The Audible Cecil Lamming. Paul Greco of Melnick and Greco Fantasy Sports. And the fantasy football guys Lyle Conkiel and Kevin Moore. The Fantasy Sports Channel. Only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Indianapolis, the NFL Combine, we have Dynasty running back rankings. Gotta love the pumpkins. talking 40 times. Are they overrated? We're talking NFL draft coming up. We also have the NFL Combine live from Indianapolis. This is Scott Atkins, a.k.a. Team Legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. How y'all doing? We've got a great show lined up. we got a couple of guests in the chat room already. War Kittens uh, from the FFPC is with us tonight. And we've got uh, all of the all of the regulars, Dr. Dish, uh, Mike Trent. We've got all the, the cast and crew with you to, for a great, great show tonight. Uh, we're just going to have some fun. We had some fun last week, if you joined us, breaking down Dynasty wide receivers. And tonight, Mike, uh, we're breaking down Dynasty running backs. As always, I'm joined by my big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. Hey, Scott. It's, it's a pleasure to be here with you. And... A pleasure for uh, all uh, everybody to uh, join us. The uh, we're going to touch on uh, running backs and 
like you've been drinking tonight? Do what? You sound like you're chewing on something, man. You drinking tonight or what? You damn right. Brian Bush is talking, baby. Woo! No, we're going we're to... <laughs> We're going to try to keep Mike uh, in line with the uh, Dynasty running back rankings tonight. And, Mike, can we pull off a trade tonight in our hyperactive league? We tried to do that last week. We didn't get it done. Well, your chance is right now. But I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Whether I've been drinking or not, it doesn't matter because I will make the right decision. Uh, There's a lot of things we need to touch on tonight, and uh, we're going to make it happen. And so – all right, well, always the keen insight of one Mr. Michael Trent. Listen, gang, we are in uh, Indianapolis live from the NFL Draft Combine. Uh, Indianapolis is the home of the Combine every year, and we'd love to get you guys up here and, and have fun with us. Um, last week we broke down wide receivers. This week we're going to break down the running back class. And I tell you what, without underclassmen helping this class out, this would be a a, a, a miserable running back class. Um, the, the, the underclassmen, the juniors, helped this draft out a ton uh, with Beanie Wells, LaShawn McCoy, Don Brown, No Sean Moreno, uh, P.J. Hill, and Sean Green, all running backs that had great seasons. And uh, we're going to talk uh, and touch on all those top guys. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed on the message boards or not, but uh, we are going to talk about R40 times overrated. And we also found and scoured the net and the sports books around the country, Mike, and I have over-unders on 40 times. Now, as Don King would say, only in America can you bet on over-unders. Uh, only in America, on baby. Times. Only in America, baby. <laughs> We've, uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Then we're going to unveil, I've got in my hand, my 2009 Dynasty running backs, uh, the top 15. We're going to talk about the top 15. I unveiled a couple of them uh, on the sites tonight. Uh, if you notice, my number two running back dynasty-wise is Adrian Peterson, so we're going to talk about who my number one is. Uh, we, we unveiled number five with D'Angelo Williams. Love what that kid is doing. We unveiled number seven, Frank Gore. Eight, Marion Barber. Uh, number 12, Reggie Bush. And number 15, Richard Mendenhall. Uh, yep, that's what I said. Rashard Mendenhall. Mendenhall, uh, wow. Like like what he did you're last still, year. He, you're still, still hanging on, on to him, aren't you, Scott? Yeah, I mean, still you, on the you're still hanging. Wow. Can't can't sell this guy. Not after uh, not after not getting a shot to see what he can do. Um, so he's he's a hold for now. But uh, I I can't put him. I've got him uh, pretty high up on the rankings. I think most people have him around the 25 range or so. But I've got him ranked ahead of of 10 of those other guys, and one including uh, one of your favorites down there, uh, Mr. Kevin Smith. So Yeah, I love Kevin Smith. Uh, I, I think something may happen out of, out of Detroit. I mean, it's hard to figure out. Detroit is a total mess, but uh, Kevin Smith, uh, I see something happening where he can uh, he can make things happen in that situation, given the right situation, because – uh, Detroit, it's dysfunctional, uh, but given given the right situation, uh, who knows what might happen. Yeah, he goes by the nickname of 24K, and he had a pretty good rookie season. You have to be pleased with that if you're a Detroit Lion fan. Obviously, you're pleased with Calvin Johnson. So, you know, if they can get them a quarterback, maybe they can make it to start to put some of the pieces together and, 
And who knows? We had an 0 16. That's pretty memorable, and uh, maybe they can get things turned around next year. That's the NFL, and that's, that's free agency. <laughs> pretty memorable is correct. 0 <laughs> yeah. 16. Whoa! Oh, my goodness. Got War Kittens on here uh, trying to guess at my uh, rankings, and uh, I will say that he has. Let me see. Okay, he's got. Uh, he does have one of those guys correct. I'm not going to say which one. But, uh, hey, this is Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio. This is episode number 19. 19 straight weeks we've brought you dynasty and fantasy uh, information. We've also given you uh, Louisville and Kentucky basketball, so that's part of our show. Uh, I'm from uh, Louisville. Mike's from Kentucky. We're big college uh, sports fans, and we always like to touch on late in the show, Louisville and Kentucky. What's that, Mike? I want to interject real quick, Scott. You've been on the road a couple times, uh, and we've been able to still uh, keep the show going through 19 episodes. And uh, there's been a couple times where it was kind of tough when I was opening up, but uh, you know it's awesome to have you here and uh, just keep keep moving along. And one thing about it, let's just keep on keeping on and not miss a single episode of Red versus Blue because we love every single one of you that uh, want to come in and uh, chat with us, talk with us, because it's what it's all about. This might be a downtime for uh, fantasy football, but not really because fantasy football is every single day. Yep, it's part of our life, and it's our it's our nice little diversion from the from the world. If you if you've ever noticed our takes on our show, it's our diversion from the world. Uh, give us something to do, and uh, I, you know we're all just addicts. We do this thing year round, and and uh, I mean I'm in seven dynasty leagues. I'm in probably about ten high stakes leagues, and we try to we just try to have some fun, make you guys some money. Uh, we obviously have the uh, the prop plays all year long that uh, that a lot of us cashed in on uh, big time all throughout the season, and we're going to bring that back. But uh, Red versus Blue uh, Sports Talk Radio is for the fans. We love doing it, and uh, I tell you what, we're going to keep doing it until we uh, we feel like you know just calling it quits, Mike. So. Uh, That's going to be a long time. (laughs) We also want to give a shout-out to the guys at TheFantasySportsChannel.com. Everybody there, uh, Mark Ronick and the crew, they they make this thing happen, and they are constantly exploring new ways to get our brand and get our our shows out there. We've got 30 of the best uh, shows on the Internet radio today on TheFantasySportsChannel.com. Uh, It streams live on that channel. It also streams live on your iTunes radio. Uh, just go to the upper left-hand corner, click on the radio, find the sports, the fantasy sports channel, and uh, you'll be you'll be streaming live 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There's nothing like it. So, uh, bringing bringing lots of listeners to the world of online radio, um, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. So uh, we're going to keep doing it. Our phone number to reach us is 347-324-5404, and you can find us. Uh, uh, on the web at uh, blogtalkradio.com slash red versus blue. We also have our red blue sports blog. Uh, you can find us there on our links, and we'd be happy to uh, hear from you on Facebook as well. But, uh, Mike, let's get right to it, man. We've got the NFL Combine. We've got expected 40 times. Uh, everybody remembers last year Chris Johnson just blazed the field and, and blazed up the draft boards with that 4 440 uh, McFadden was second with a 4-3-3. Jamal Charles, who uh, is a, has a promising career in front of him, at a 4-3-8. Uh, Ray Rice, on his first attempt, ran a 4-4-4. Uh, 
Uh, then we had Mendenhall, the beast, at a 4.45. That's just a blazing speed for a big man. Uh, Forte at 4.46 had probably the be- or arguably the best fantasy season of any rookie. Uh, Felix Jones, 4.47. And Jonathan Stewart of Carolina, the running mate of D'Angelo Williams, a 4.48. So Mike, we see all those uh, running time, uh, those forty times there, and let's just let's bring it up for discussion. Are forty times overrated? Before we get into this, well, you know what, Scott, I, I've been looking at it and thinking about it. I see uh, a quarterback of Tom Brady run well over a four five, four six, something like that, and I see other uh, running backs run less than that. You know, and it just depends on what. What they're looking for, and it's obvious that uh, when you're when you're getting it, you're getting it, because there are a lot of scouts that are looking for speed, speed, speed. Chris Johnson is a perfect example. You know, Tennessee they wanted something with speed, right out yep. of the box, and they yep. and they got it, and they got it. And there's just a lot of things in the in the combine that doesn't make sense to me though. Um, the the forty the forty does not make sense to me. I mean, I I hate to say it, but it doesn't make sense to me because you don't know what kind of athlete, you don't know what kind of person you're going to get in that group. I mean, the person could be great, and I mean, to short choice, uh, Marion Barber, they weren't all that great. Yeah. So. Well, it is a it is a, a little bit deceiving. Uh, I know I've heard them talk about uh, you don't have a good forty if you don't have that good timing and that good burst off the line. I guess that's what they're looking for is when you hit that hole, how hard are you going to hit it? Uh, uh, because the forties are all about the burst and off the line, and if you don't have that, you're not going to run a fast forty. So, uh, you know, that's exactly uh, right. And uh, and another thing, Scott, is they want the speed. They want the speed quick, and uh, they want to know. Which athlete has the speed right off the block? Get it, get it, get it done. And that's why Chris Johnson has been. I mean, he was so uh, dynamic for uh, Tennessee. Well, there's two perennial names here in this running back class. They're both juniors coming out early, and we're going to talk about these guys. Chris Beanie Wells uh, from Ohio State, the fourth leading rusher all time of the Ohio State, uh, skipping his senior year. And, uh, man, you have all those types of – you have that kind of staff in only three years. Uh, He he went out of that game against Texas uh, in the first half. He racked up 120 yards with that head injury. And, uh, you know, I mean, head injuries, you you just got to – you know, you would think you you heal up. But this is a scary downhill runner, okay? And he's got the speed of a man that's 30 pounds lighter. This kid is 6'1", 235, Mike. He's been compared – uh, to Jamal Lewis, but this guy is fast. He's projected to run a four four eight forty. Scott, there's no doubt about it. The, the kid can play. I mean, he's, he's he's dynamic. But the one thing that bothers me is injury. If you're injured in college, you're going to get injured in the pros. The college, the, the maturation between college and pro, it's totally different. And He's in for a rude awakening when he, you know, goes against uh, linebackers that are going to, let's face it, uh, Foster's He's 6'1", 235, man. Those linebackers are in for a rude awakening, man. 6'1", 235, come on. Yeah, but no, no. 
Beanie Wells, he's going to have a big problem because, I mean, like I said, he got hurt in college, and yeah. he's going to have a hard time in the pros. But uh, well, I think he'll be successful. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, that is, I guess that is the knock, uh, the injuries. But look for this kid in the first round. He's got all the tools that everybody questions. Does he have the dedication? Uh, I know that's an issue. That's always been an issue with some of mm-hmm. these guys. And another thing we didn't get to see in Ohio State is can he be uh, effective uh, catching the ball? We're going to find that out at the combine if he can catch the ball. Uh, you know, since he wasn't asked, and and you just never know about these guys in the class. I mean, uh, McFadden's another an, another option there that you know you just don't know. Are these guys going to catch the ball uh, when when they get in uh, when they get in those situations? Uh, he's pretty much the complete package there. Let's look at No. Sean Moreno uh, from Georgia. Uh, another kid, 207, 210, a little light there. He's 5'10", and they're wondering if he can add some weight. But this is a do-it-all back, Mike. He's projected at a 4'4", He's one of the fastest in this class. And, uh, man, this kid just has it all together. Uh, yeah. I, I, I personally, I mean, if he can get a little bit of weight on him, there's been other backs that, that haven't had the weight, though, and, and they've still been fine. But, but this kid just absolutely does it all. Yeah, Scott. He can uh, catch inside, he, outside. He, he's monstrous, uh, and you talk about the weight. I, I remember when I was uh, I was watching the Dallas Cowboys when they were uh, 0-16 back in the early years, uh, in the early 90s when they had uh, when they drafted Emmitt Smith. I was like, no, nah, this this won't work. But uh, No. San Moreno is going to be a stud for anybody that gets him. The reason. He's low to the ball. He's low to the target. And he can create holes that big running backs can't create. So I, I really believe that uh, No. Moreno is going to be a he's going to be a super stud in the NFL, and he's going to he reminds me of uh, Emmitt Smith. And I hate to use him in the same sentence, but it is what it is. Well, we'll we'll see if he can if he can carry that way. I do have both Beanie Wells and No. Sean Moreno in my top fifteen. They chime in at number fourteen and thirteen on my list. Uh, no. Sean Moreno and Beanie Wells. I think they'll both go in the end of the first uh, or sometime in the first round. I think these guys will eventually get into that first round. I know I've seen some mocks where they're where they're not there just based on team needs. I think these guys will end up going in the first round as the draft uh, uh, you know inches closer. And these guys have all the tools and all the intangibles. They're the bell cows that you're looking for if you're a dynasty in need of dynasty running back. So if you have a top three pick, you're sitting real pretty this year because you're guaranteeing yourself one of either Moreno, Wells, or Crabtree. And, and we're not going to talk about Crabtree a lot this week, but we're, you know he, but, he's but one that's probably not going to run the 40. Are they that good? I mean, when we, when we, took, when we take a look at the uh, 2009 class, are they really that good? Can they make an impact? Can they make an impact like a quarterback, like a Matt Ryan? Can they make an impact uh, like a running back, like uh, Tim Hightower, Steve Slayton did this year? There's no way. There's no way. Well, you know, I don't know. In Dynasty, you're not looking for the just one year. You're looking for, uh, you know, right. it's not a, it's not about a redraft. So you have to keep that in mind. Uh, when, you, when you're when you're ranking your players for dynasty, and you know you're looking for five, six years, out of, seven years out of these guys, and uh, no, Sean Moreno can do it. And if anybody knows that, it's Kentucky, right? Yep, absolutely. And it depends on the uh, 
the situation that, that they're in, the the team that drafts them, because uh, let's face it, it's becoming whether it's baseball, football, basketball, a product a product of the system. It depends on who you're drafted by. Like for instance, uh, Rajon Rondo in uh, Boston. He had Here no business being had to a bring good Kentucky player into the show, Mike. We I have to. to talk Kentucky all along, okay? But <laughs> but but, but I'm talking. Right but now. I'm talking. You know you know where I'm going with this. I mean, you no. have to. You, no. No. Okay. Where I'm going with this, red versus blue. Where I'm going with this is you have to be a product of the system. Matt Castle was a product of the system. Okay, I can buy that. I can buy that, but you know, Matt Castle was also fighting Matt Liner for the starting job when he won that, uh, when Liner won that job and led USC to the national title. So it's not like Castle is just a product of the system, Mike. I mean, come on, that's a short. Matt Castle never started a game. All right, so he never anyway, started a game to, in college. Back to No. Sean Moreno, two thousand yards <laughs> in two thousand four <laughs> as a junior, thirty-seven touchdowns. This I love you, Scott. He's averaging 9.3 yards a carry in the SEC. Okay, this kid is special. If you watched him play, uh, he, he's got all the intangibles inside, outside. Yeah. He can run. He can block. He he can catch. He can do it all. This is a kid that I'm really excited about uh, about seeing at the next level. And uh, uh, let's move on to the next guy here, uh, LaShawn McCoy from Pittsburgh. Now, yeah, uh, nice. 5'11", 210, another junior coming out early. He's the one that declared that he was going to stay, and now he's and now he's not. You know, all these guys, it's hard for him to turn down the money. But uh, I look for him late first, early second. He's projected at a 4'4", 5'40". It's a real good time. And he's got all the moves, um, but he's not great at pass protection. Um, no, he – I think that's his I saw, I, I saw him play, and uh, – he has got moves out of the backfield that is unbelievable. The one thing that he does not do, he could care less about uh, catching out linebackers coming in. He just wants to protect himself. But that could be okay in the uh, in in the grand scheme of things with the with the West Coast with the West Coast offense. Yeah, well, I don't know if I don't know if he's going to be a feature back or not. Uh, it, it's going to be kind of hard to say. A lot of these guys, I think, I think Moreno and Wells are the two guys that could be the bell cow type back to just carry the load. But uh, McCoy's probably going to need some help, and probably going to need to be a compliment back to somebody, uh, kind of like a Marion Barber. You know, you, you like to see Barber getting those carries, but you're not real sure if he can just, you know, carry it year after year taking those types of hits. So. Uh, another guy we've got that we're, that we're really high on is Donald Brown from UConn. I mean, all this guy does, he leads the nation in rushing. He's built a lot like Reggie Bush. Uh, he's kind of like the Kevin Smith, though, of this class, you know. Uh, he, he, all he does is produce. He had over 2,000 yards on in 18 touchdowns and over 360 carries. I mean, this kid won't wow you. I mean, in the Big East, you know, I got to see him. He won't wow you. Uh it's just all the, all the little things. He'll make you miss. Uh, it's the inside and the outside. Uh, he's projected to run a four five forty, and uh, he can also catch the ball. He got twenty one receptions. He can kind of do it all. He just kind of does it quiet, Mike. He's five ten two ten. What do you think about Donald Brown? Yeah, you love that type of of ability to 
get it done. And, uh, you know, it seems like in the wide receiver scheme of things that it don't matter whether you're 5'10", 6'2", run the route, get it done, and uh, we'll see what happens. And that's that's what's happening in the NFL. Uh, a lot of uh, – a lot of different players they're they're getting it done and they're understand they're understanding the scheme and what happens and uh so I'm excited about this kid Brown. I mean he looks good. I told you, Mike, I was gonna wow you with some of these backs. Earlier today you were saying there was nothing in this class. Let's look at Sean Green. Sean Green from Iowa. Uh, 5'11", 220, 1,500 yards and 20 touchdowns. Uh, I'm sorry, he's 5'11", 235. I had my facts uh, wrong. 5'11", 235, another monster of a, of a back. Uh, he's also got some YouTube clips out. If you can uh, check him out on YouTube, you'll enjoy the videos there. Uh, Sean Green, 4'5", Well, the kid had over 100 yards in every game he played last season, Mike. He's a definite riser. And, and with, with, with a good 40 time in the draft, Sean Green is going to rise up these boards. I don't – I'm sure he will. I'm sure he'll be a, a stud. But, uh, you know, the Big Ten last year was down. Let's face it. It was down. I want to see Pac-10 stuff. I want to see Pac-10 players. That's what I'm looking for because the Big Ten was down last year. War Kittens in the chat room says, Green will be the best NFL back in this draft. That's a bold prediction, but I like it. I like to see Sean Green. He's one of the uh, he's one of the guys that wasn't looked at Yeah, Mike Hart year. did me a lot of good. Yeah, Mike Hart. <laughs> you got another draft here. Uh, another guy in P.J. Hill that will be watching from Wisconsin, 5'11", 220, uh, 1,500 yards. Another Archie Griffin. 15 TDs for Hill. Uh, but, I mean, this, this kid's a bowling ball. I think he's a goal line back at best. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know what we'll see out of P.J. Hill. He's another guy. Uh, another Big Ten back, Javon Ringer, uh, probably going to run a 4-5-40. I like the kid. He, can, he, 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 he dazzles, uh, but he's going to surprise you. Javon Ringer uh, is, is somebody that can contribute. He won't be a, a, a starter by any means, but I think he will contribute uh, somewhere. And well, that makes a lot. I scoured the internet for these uh, these over unders on these forty times, and I think this is a lot of fun. Uh, but here we go: uh, the over under on the best forty time in this NFL draft is four three eight. Over under, Mike. Four, I three, say eight. under. Under. This is under. Just, this is just this is just running backs too. By the way, there's probably a quarterback or two. Pat White. Is this uh, with Roy's or without Roy's? <laughs> no, with, I'm sorry. With Roy's, yeah. <laughs> Uh, four three eight. Wow. Oh, uh, that's right on it. Wow. I I say uh I I say under. Well, I don't know who it might be. Um, if anybody has a a a a clue of who that might be, give us a call at three four seven three two four five four zero four. Uh, four three eight is the over under on the best forty time. I don't think any of the guys we just mentioned will be running that, but uh, maybe it's maybe it's one of these uh, unknowns. Be a safety. Could be a safety from out of the blue from uh, Boise well, or something like that. Well, no, this is a this is the best forty time for running backs, Mike. Best forty time for running backs. The best forty time for, for running back. Any, yeah, best forty time for any position was a four three two. A four three two. So yeah, this is best forty time for running backs. No, the running backs. I don't see it. I don't see it. That's why that 
That's why I told you, Scott, at the beginning of the show, this class is not very good. I really don't think it is. Well, there will not be anybody that will run that better than that. Here, here's one that you might want to take. Wells versus Moreno. Moreno is a minus 160 favorite to Beanie Wells, and you can get plus 130 on Beanie Wells. And uh, like I said, Wells is already projected at a 448. Moreno was projected at a 445. That's not a lot of difference here. To get plus 130 on Wells might not be too bad of a bet, especially with a well, guy that was something to prove. In my opinion, I would not take either one of them. Well, this is a, this I mean, is one of those, this is a versus bet. Right, right, right. I, I know what you're talking about, but I would not take either one of them. Uh, it, it's just it's too much. I mean, yeah. Well, it is. It, it, too I don't much know, risk. I don't, know if, I don't know if Wells at 235 can 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 chase down Moreno, but but he sure is fast. Uh, here we go. P.J. Hill is even money against Sean Green and is minus 130. Who do you like there, Mike? Uh, Sean Green. Sean yeah, Green, without question. I like that a lot, matter of fact. Uh, Sean Green minus 130. Uh, I, think that's my, I think that's my best bet of the day for those 40 times to beat P.J. Yeah. Hill. You only have to give up 30 points. Maybe if we had the prognosticator, he could kind of help us with that. Uh, here we go. Uh, LaShawn Shady McCoy from Pittsburgh, minus 120 versus Javon Ringer of Michigan State, minus 110. Mm. Who do you like, Mike? That's close. That is very close. Uh, Ringer, him. I like Ringer. I, I mean, you like Ringer? Yep, I do. I like McCoy. I like McCoy. Mm. Okay. Well, that is our uh, – I tell you what, it's all underclassmen this year, guys, and, and, and uh, only in America can you bet on these uh, over-unders on the 40s. That's the running back class at the Combine. We're here live in Indianapolis bringing you all the NFL Combine talk. We can't wait to get this thing started. The NFL Network has 39 hours planned for us fanatics. So if you get a, if you get a chance to check out NFL Network, uh, you know, grab a beer and, and sit down and, and uh, see if uh, – you can uh, fast forward through some of the action. Actually, I like the DVR one and, thing, and fast forward. One thing, Scott. Also, uh, I want to thank you for uh, keeping the keeping the show going. But uh, we've got 19 episodes. If you go to Red versus Blue uh, on, uh, I mean, Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. You're welcome. Blog Talk Radio. Uh, check us out. I mean, we've had a lot of shows that are. Very fun, very informative, and you can, uh, you know, take some of the information from last yeah. year and uh, maybe use it for next year. Well, I think you ought to definitely check out the Dynasty Wide Receiver Rankings. Give that a shot. But other than that, I can't see the guys spending their Saturday afternoon listening to old episodes. We'll be back in 15 seconds. More live fantasy sports radio than anyone on the planet. Seven continuous hours of football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus seven hours of game day frenzy on Sunday. The Fantasy Sports Channel. Only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. Thanks, Scott. Dish with his white Russians. Oh, man. 
I think this is a great class of running backs coming out. I think they're small, but I think they got good speed. Well, they can hit the hole. Yeah. yeah, they don't. They're definitely not the heralded class like we're used to with the big names. But you know what? Everybody was down on Slayton. Not too many people were feeling Ray Rice last year. Nobody was feeling yeah, Jamal that's Charles. Exactly Chris my point. Johnson was, I was an unknown. I was. So you know. Well, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll they're lower guys. There ain't no big monster running uh, backs that hit the line, you know, and break a hole open. But who does that in the league anyway, you know? <laughs> We've got the dynasty rankings. We're going to unveil them uh, from 15 to 1. i got them right here in my hands. We've already unveiled uh, a, a bunch of this, a bunch of these guys here. So let's start right where we are at 15. i got Richard Mendenhall, 22 years of age, Mike. We only got to see, like, one game out of him. And then uh, Ray Lewis uh, ended all that. Yeah, I don't see much out of Mendenhall because uh, what's going to happen, Pittsburgh, they want to repeat. They want to do it the right way. And the right way is by setting Mendenhall and for him to ha- to learn from uh, Willie Parker. I mean, Mendenhall is not its not going to happen. Well, I think you're going to see him use a two. You know, all these teams are going to two backs. I think you're going to see a lot more of that. Yeah, and that's and that's and that's that means for us, if you guys are trading in dynasty leagues, go for the wide receivers, trade your running backs because point wise, if you're in a point per reception league, the wide receivers are worth more value. Yeah. Um it, now trade value right now you're I, I still think people are leaning toward the running backs, but uh overall, you know, the wide receivers are where it's at. Now, at 14 and 13, we already gave you uh, just a minute ago when we broke down the NFL Combine, uh, we have Sean Moreno and Beanie Wells there at 14 and 13, uh, both young young guys with uh, we don't even know what team they're on, but I wouldn't trade that draft pick, the one or the two pick. If I had it right now in the Dynasty draft, I would not trade that for uh, unless I'm getting an elite, elite player, and that's usually how, uh, how that happens. Number 12 on my list is Reggie Bush. Uh, at 24 and a half, I know a lot of other guys are high on Pierre Thomas, and they like what they saw from the kid that played at Illinois, opposite of Mendenhall. But uh, Mike, what do you think about number 12, Reggie Bush? Hey, I tell you what, Reggie Bush is, I think, will bounce back with uh, no problems. He should be okay. I, you know, it's a tough situation that he's in, but uh, you know, injuries are part of NFL, and people have to they have to realize that that. Injuries are a part of it, and uh, I think uh, I think Reggie I think Reggie will be just fine, just getting through it, and uh, he could be explosive coming out of the backfield, you know, catching passes and this and that. I mean, this guy could be explosive, but uh, I've got a couple of uh, I've got a couple guys on the radar that I'm looking at. All right, Mike. Uh, number eleven on my list. Uh, I didn't unveil number eleven, 
and he's at 22 years of age. He'll be 23 by the time the season starts. Uh, for the Carolina Panthers, Jonathan Stewart. Really like what this kid did, and even wow. though he's sitting there with D'Angelo Williams, uh, Jonathan Stewart showed me quite a bit. What do you think about Jonathan Stewart? Jonathan Stewart should be good, uh, but with D-Will, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. There's one player that I'm really looking at and really looking at very hard, uh, and it's it's not – Part of the Carolina Panthers, but uh, you know, uh, you know, it's going to be tough to uh, it's going to be tough to uh, supplant D. Will and uh, but Jonathan Stewart. One thing about the NFL, you go through injuries every year, right. over and over and over again. You need a backup plan. That's why you have that backup plan, and Carolina has that backup plan. Uh, well, the player I'm thinking about resides in Texas. Well, at, at Jonathan Stewart with 180 carries, uh, and again, he was uh, a little banged up there, but he played through most of his injuries. 180 carries for a rookie at four and a half yards a carry, 10 touchdowns. Uh, the kid has shown a lot. And, uh, you know, you don't know if he's going to stay on Carolina for that long. He could, he could play somewhere else. Uh, D. Will yeah. could play somewhere else. They, they could play tandem, uh, but, you know, He's the type of guy I can't trade him right now. I can't. I can't give up. Uh, I can't give up Jonathan Stewart after what I saw in his in his rookie year. So that's why no. I had him where where I had. He's got a lot of potential, just a load of it. And uh, if if something happens to D. Will, like you said, you've got uh, you've got a special player there. Number nine. I'm sorry. Number ten on my list. Number ten on my list uh is somebody that I would have redraft very high but at his age uh I'm I'm just I'm just tempering my expectations here for dynasty prospects. I don't know how long this kid can go. Uh but Michael Turner of Atlanta is down to number 10. So I'm half higher in dynasty. Wow. I'm really high on him redraft next year. But uh 27 and a half years of age usually that means you you've got about two maybe three good years left. Uh, I was going to say what's wrong with him. I mean, he's got but he is 27 and a half, uh, you know, most time, 30 years, uh, who's back up for Atlanta. Yeah. And, and, you know, he won't have the carries that a lot of 30-year-old backs have. So I could see him going the route of a Tiki Barber, okay? Uh, so I could push him up a little bit higher. Matter of fact, as I look at my number nine, I almost want to flip these guys. Number nine on my list is Marshawn Lynch, 23 years of age, just Getting into trouble. He's, he's got guns and drugs. Forget it. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with gun, and, and I think we've all been there 23 there's, years of there's age. There's nothing because... wrong with guns and drugs. <laughs> there's only one player right there that they're, he's coming out at you, Scott. The well, number eight, on, number eight on my list, I already debuted number eight. Uh, he's Marion Barber. Um, Marion the Barbarian, nope. 26 years of age. Uh, I don't. I don't see how you can fault Marion Barber, and uh, he just runs I do. so hard. I do. He just. He just runs so hard. Go ahead. As, as long as uh, Jerry Jones is owner of the Dallas Cowboys, yeah, Marion Barber will not get his true justice. If if this kid was on another team, he would go nuts. He would go nuts. Grand. Just yeah. Just like what Steve Slayton's getting ready to do. Uh, Here we go. With Houston. I mean, it, it, it's the truth. Tim Hightower, Arizona, getting ready to go nuts. They are getting re- These kids are getting ready to go nuts. 
They're rookies. They just came out. Sophomore year, I hope. The thing I don't understand, Mike, is everybody – Marion Barber had a great season last year, right? No, I mean, to be honest not. with you, everybody, everybody, everybody drafted him in the top five, top six. Felt like he had a great season. Marion Barber averaged 3.7 yards a carry last year. Marion Barber did not have a good year last year because Dallas did not want to commit to the run. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. You would think, you would think with that type of run, with that type of passing offense, that he he would do a little bit better than that. And I, and I know if we look up Felix Jones. I know we're going to be just wowed by what he did, uh, yard yes, for carry. Exactly. Uh, and, and, and he's the only thing that's keeping Marion Barber off the field right now. So uh, let's see. Number seven on my list is a perennial guy that's uh, been up here for a couple years now. Frank Gore, 26 years of age, and should get the carries again next year, Mike. Frank Gore at number si- uh, number seven. What do you think? Yeah, he deserves to be there. I mean, he's seven. Maybe he could move up to six or five. This kid, oh, this guy is, I mean, he's something else. I mean, he is just busting out every single year, every single week. You can rely on Frank Gore, San Francisco, to just keep on getting it done. Well, and he's contracted through 2011, and with that new coaching staff there and uh, we, we we may see some uh, we may see some even bigger things out of Frank Gore this year. He, uh, well, I tell you what, Scott, he loves yeah. Singletary. Singletary loves him. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I heard the GM uh, Scott McLaughlin. He strongly hinted uh, on the team's website. This was just uh, a couple of days ago that he wants to use a two running back system going forward. So, I mean, I don't know if that means that Sean Foster is going to get on the field there with uh, Frank Gore, but uh, well, maybe they just feel like he needs a change of pace guy, kind of like everybody else is going to. So uh, you got to you got to be careful with what the GM is saying there. Um, I don't see how you keep Frank Gore off the field with that type of dedication that he has. But let's go to number six on my list. Uh, six on my list is Steven Jackson, 26 years of age, contract through 2013, Mike. And Steven Jackson is one of those guys that it seems like every year uh, he comes up with high expectations and, uh, you know, he hits the injury bug. Well, it's an injury bug, and it's an unstable system with what St. Louis has. It's totally unstable. I mean, it's hard to walk into camp every day and going, okay, well, who's my quarterback? It's going to be Bulger? Right. Who's my quarterback? You know, I I, I don't know because – Let's face it, the quarterback is, well, it's a quarterback of the team. So there there has to be something, there has to be some kind of cohesiveness there that makes the running back feel good about what they're walking into in training camp. And I don't see anything good about St. Louis right now. Stephen Jackson is an incredible talent, but – how can you feel good about walking into something that you don't know what's going to happen? We got Invictus Peasy in the house, uh, another FFPC veteran. And uh, if you know about uh, Red versus Blue Sports Talk Radio and you come into the chat room, you know you have to announce what you're drinking if you're going to come into the room. The good thing about Steven Jackson and I like, Mike, is Steve Spagnolo. the offensive philosophy, is going to focus on the running game and protecting the quarterback. 
Uh, Fagnola's philosophy is you've got to be able to run the football and protect the QB. It doesn't mean you run it every snap, but he believes you've got to do those two things, and they'll build from there. Uh, he also says he doesn't have a fancy name for it. They're just going to try to be successful at it. So Steven Jackson um, is, is somebody that, man, he could take advantage of this, okay? This is this is a Giants coach coming in. That's what they like to do is run the ball. And you've got to think that with Torrey Holt kind of out his way, uh, you know, move <laughs> over move over wide receivers and quarterback and, and, and the greatest show on the turf, and it's time to get the ground game going in St. Louis. So, could spell right. good things for Steven Jackson. It's just he misses that time there every year. Four or five games, you can count on him hurting his toe, you know, missing some time for I don't, I, Scott, I don't think that that's going to work. The greatest show on turf is not going to be running the game, run the ball, boom, first and ten, run. Second and seven, run. That's not going to work. They've got to throw the ball. They've got to throw the ball because it is the greatest show on turf. And uh, I, I I don't see that happening. All right, let's go on to number five. Number five, it also chime in at 26 years of age with just a spectacular year. And uh, the kid I've been high on ever since he came out, I've been wrong for the first couple of years. And he finally vacated me last year. <laughs> D'Angelo Williams. Yeah. D'Angelo Williams, 274 carries last year, 1,500 yards, 18 touchdowns, and he's a threat out of the backfield, playing in a tough, tough division. I mean, he played he played teams against San Diego, Chicago, Minnesota, Tampa Bay, uh, just over and over, great run defenses, the Giants, uh, Tampa again. I mean, this kid just did everything, and he's my number five. I'm making notes right now, Scott. The kid has matured. D will stay with him. You're in you're you're in good shape with him. Uh, and he's he's through contract contract through 2010. Yes, uh, and that makes it even sweeter. That makes it even sweeter for him to be able to commit to the uh, organization. The organization is committing to him. Uh, D will is going to be some special back, and I mean he really is already, but. There's a lot of lot of good things. I mean, it's going to happen for him, and I'm. You stick with him, and uh, you like D will, D will, D will, and you like. So I, I believe in you, man. Keen insight from Brandenburg, Kentucky. Number four, <laughs> twenty-three years of age. He will be twenty-four by the time the season starts. Uh, the Chicago Bears offense, Matt Forte, Mike. Matt Forte was Chicago Bears last year, and what a season he had. If There's not too many guys, if I'm a Matt Forte owner, that I will give this kid up for after he proved you right. Yeah. Matt Forte, uh, I talked to a buddy of mine at the local, uh, local saloon today. Watering <laughs> Hole. <laughs> watering Hole, saloon, whatever. And uh, he's a big uh, Cubs fan, but he, if you're a Cubs fan, you're a Bears fan. And we, we talked about Matt Forte quite a bit. And he said, you know, this is our future. This is our guy. And, uh, you know, I asked him, I said, uh, what do you think about Rex Grossman, uh, Kyle Orton, this this and that? He said, heck with all of them. we got to have Matt Forte to be our keynote speaker, so to speak. So, uh, Matt Forte is the guy in, uh, at, uh, 
at Chicago, and he's got he's one that's got to get it done. He's six two two sixteen from Tulane. Uh, the one thing you look at, you know, he didn't have an offensive line, but he had 316 carries. He averaged 3.9 yards a carry. That wasn't impressive, but he continually got the ball. And, and in PPR leagues, this kid had 63 receptions as a rookie. Yeah. Chicago said, look, we are giving this kid the ball. He touched the ball 380 times last year just in the, on the ground game. So uh, I, carries I, and receptions, I, I, he's, he's a total package. And another thing, Scott, how many times did he give the ball up? How many times did he turn it over? He didn't do it. He didn't do it. The wow. kid took care of the ball. He took care of the ball. And, uh, you know, that that's things that uh, Lovey Smith and uh, that whole uh, organization, they're going to look at and say, wow, we've got something special on our hands. So right. uh, they can they can build around him. Well, uh, he could have he could have uh, gotten a little bit higher up my board, but there's a couple of guys up here in front of him that I just couldn't trade when push came to shove. Uh, number three uh, will be 24 years of age, but he had one heck of a rookie season last year. And uh, Mike, I think we all know who we're talking about. You alluded to it earlier in the day, and uh, I've got him at number three on my board. Uh, Chris Johnson, the rookie from East Carolina. Yeah. Uh, 4.89 yards a carry. He got 250 carries in an offense that already featured Lindale White uh, with nine touchdowns, and he also caught 43 balls out of the backfield. Now, him and Forte, I think you could you could inter- you know you could switch up, but who do you want at the end of the day, Chris Johnson or Matt Forte? Chris Johnson. Uh, when we walked out of uh, that room in Chicago for the NFFC draft. And we had Chris Johnson. I wasn't sold, Scott. I was not sold on him. Uh, and then I started looking when I got home that uh, September day and started looking at Chris Johnson. I'm going, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's He is that good. He is that good. So uh, Chris Johnson. Chris Johnson is the guy that I want. And uh, if we have a chance in Chicago again for the NFFC draft, Absolutely. I want him. I want him because yep. he is that productive. He made for a nice number three in our NFFC league uh, behind Marshawn Lynch and Marion Barber. Number two on my list. Adrian, number two. Adrian, Adrian Peterson, number two on the list. Uh, everybody would, uh, you know, most folks had him as the number one, and I can't blame you. 360 carries last year. 4.8 yards a carry, 10 touchdowns, uh, 20 receptions. He's not getting the ball a lot out of the backfield uh, through receptions, but, uh, I mean, the kid's playing at 200, you know, 220 20 pounds. He wants to be able to play. He, he said he'd like to add about 12 pounds to play at 230, and I'm, and I'm just not sure that you're going to be able to play with that same type of speed at 230, but, uh, you know, he wants to improve the pass protection. He's just on, an, on a team that just can't behind until they have that quarterback that just really, you know, can move that ball. Um, I've got him ranked at my number two if if, if you yeah, give me needs, one other guy. He needs some breaks, Scott. I mean, let's face it, he needs some breaks. He he can't, you know, you can't play, uh, uh, you can't rush the ball 34, 35 times. Uh, you, you have to have those breaks. Uh, he yeah. would love to come out of the backfield and catch a pass, but a pass from who? 
in in that offense, you don't know. So it's it's a tough situation there. But he's very talented, and uh, he could uh, next year probably be an MVP. But depending on the, how the team does. Well, uh, that leaves at number one. No question about my number one pick from UCLA, the Pac-10 running back that you've been looking for, Mike. He's had three years in the league, and every single one of them has just been uh, nothing short of amazing. The kid with 200 carries had 12 touchdowns again this year, 62 receptions. He's a threat uh, for receptions and on the ground. And now that Fred Taylor's gone, they're talking about some uh, a good backfield uh, in Jacksonville. Uh, Maurice Jones-Drew, he's, a, he's, he's my number one dynasty running back. Well, I'll tell you what, Scott, you, you've nailed that one. I mean, you, you keep focusing on uh, different running backs, different wide receivers, but you've nailed this one. You nailed it from the word go. Uh, Maurice Jones-Drew is a stud. It doesn't matter what he does. I mean, you can put him in the slot at running back, halfback, uh, fullback. It doesn't matter. The kid is explosive. And but you're not going to give me some flack? You're not going to give me any flack for putting him ahead of uh, Adrian Peterson? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I, I would love – I would love to. I would love to, but uh, no, I would love to. But since uh, since Jacksonville released uh, Fred Taylor, I can't. I can't because they're saying, MJD, you are the man, and uh, you've shown it, and you're young, and you're our franchise. So let's get it done. Well, he's uh, he's going to get the chance. He's going to get the big fat payday. Uh, they they've got to pay him now. So. Uh, He's going to get that big contract, and I just I just like what I've always seen again uh, seen from him. He plays uh, another big reason why I have MJD over AD is the division that he plays in. Uh, he gets those couple of games against the Colts. Everybody rolls over Houston, although they are improving. And uh, you know it's just one of those things that the Jacksonville runs the ball. They have a a, a, a good good game. They're, they're very similar to Minnesota, so I guess I really can't use the quarterback cop out. Uh, controversy, but I like Gerard's arm better than what we've got in Minnesota to to help uh, keep those defenses honest at least. And uh, you know, let's be honest, uh, MJD doesn't have the competition that AD has. AD still yeah. has Chester Taylor in there, stealing the carries and stealing some of those touchdowns. So uh, they're both about the same age. They'll both be but, about 25 years of age, and and uh, I just like MJD. But, but what what I was going to say, Scott, is. MJD now, he knows. I mean, he knows it's his team. And uh, at 25, 26 years of age, uh, he's going to be able to carry it. And I think Jack Del Rio is going to be able to say, they'll be able to communicate to each other and say, hey, this is us. This is what we got to do, and this is what we're going to accomplish. And uh, I think they'll do it. if, If you're Jacksonville, if you live in Jacksonville, be freaking excited going to be fun. Hey, uh, we've got about uh, four minutes left for the show here. We've had a blast, and, and you know, there's there's a bunch of folks in the chat room right now just uh, just having some fun. I'd like to get all our users to uh, go on to our show and follow us and click add us as a favorite. And after, if you could come back for the show and rate and give and, and give us some feedback, rate it uh, one to five stars. That helps us out a lot. Gives it lets us know uh, how we're doing. We'll always try to do better for you. But add us as a favorite so we can uh, let you know that our show's coming up. We do try to blast the message boards and let you guys know that our show's coming up every Friday night, 11 p.m. Eastern. You can catch Red versus Blue. 
Uh, we talk football all year round, and we, we talk dynasty football in the off season. Uh, we talk NFL draft in the off season. We're going to talk free agency. We broke that down a lot last week. We're going to talk more of that next week. And uh, usually after the hour is over, uh, if you come back and you join the podcast and you listen to us, we break down Louisville and Kentucky basketball. We're going to be doing more of that in the next couple of weeks because it will be March Madness. And uh, we got to we got to break down the Louisville Cardinals. Uh, they're having a great season. Kentucky on the fringe of of missing out right here. But as I see it, Mike, Kentucky is an 18 and eight and an 11 seed. So right after the break, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about how Kentucky and Louisville uh, have their chances uh, in this NCAA yeah, bracket pool. Yeah, it's pretty close for Kentucky and uh, Louisville's looking good in the uh, the beast that is the Big East. No doubt about it. All right, gang. Well, like I said, it's been fun. We've got some big announcements over at the FFPC.com. Uh, we've got uh, some new contests coming up. We're going to have a midweek show uh, for those guys uh, debuting. We're going to be talking about their fantasy poker challenge that I know a lot of us are going to be joining this year. Uh, we've got a couple of poker experts that are going to come in and evaluate those groups. You don't want to miss that. We're going to try for a midweek special this week. We're going to break down those poker groups and give you the keys to success in that contest. We've also got big announcements coming from WCFF this week uh, or next. They've, I think they've got that venue picked out. I'm not going to release it on the show, uh, but, I, but I will say that it's going to be at a nice, nice hotel. Uh, you guys will be happy with WCFF's uh, hotel selection this year, very likely. And uh, we've got uh, uh, just, just some uh, NFFC announcements. I know Greg and the guys over there are going to have some uh, contests lined up and it's just going to start heating up. You guys have got to get ready for your high stakes contest. I know you can only join so many, but we'd like to see in all of them. So, hey Scott, uh, Mike, we yeah. got about uh, what? We got about uh, two minutes. Is that about right? Two minutes. Yep. Okay. I want to touch on NASCAR real quick. Bill Jr. He's won one race out of his last ninety-nine NASCAR. Dale Jr., one out of his last 99. Now, now, you can snore. You can snore. But this is totally boring me to death that Dale Jr. is an icon in NASCAR. Doesn't... up on you? <laughs> no. No, really. Go ahead. Uh, maybe he hung up.
55 freaking points. Wow. Mike, I guess that point you were trying to make, he's already got one out of 99. That's about 1%. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's had that two or 1%. Man. <laughs> Hey, Neil, you're right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> he's about to. That's the way to look at that. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> We're talking about you. We're talking about you. This is Neil and Mike Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Well, who's your Wildcats we... got up this week? I'll tell you what, Neil, we got a tough time ahead. But uh, one thing about one thing we can do is uh, we got to look for uh, Jody Meeks. Obviously, he's going to do his game. Patterson uh, back? No. Nope. Nope. Patterson's not back, but we need another guy, and I think Kevin Galloway is going to be the guy. I'm surprised he had getting more playing time. He showed some spurts, especially with Patterson. Do I? I'm surprised he had not get more playing time than what he's getting. You know? Yeah, it's it's a tough situation in Lexington, and uh, we got something that we got to overcome. But uh, it's going to take time, and uh, but I, I really believe that uh, you know Meeks is gone after this year. Uh, I don't think sure. Patterson is, but uh, Galloway, Kevin Galloway, he's going to be there, and uh, DeAndre Liggins, I mean, he's going to be there. So there's a lot of a lot of good. I hate to work, use the word upside, but a lot of stuff that can happen for Kentucky. Well, we we've got to talk NCAA basketball, so we did bring in our resident Cardinal expert, uh, Doctor Dish, coming in to break down Louisville basketball. As always, Mike Trent from Brandenburg, Kentucky, breaks down the Kentucky Wildcats. And uh, before we do, the bracketology, the latest bracketology is out, and it was updated today, uh, one uh, week after Friday the 13th, uh, with Joe Lenardi. He's our resident bracketologist. And you know what? The interesting thing is that the conference that has the most teams is no longer the Big East, and it's not the ACC. It's the Big Ten with eight oh, teams. I've got them right here. I've got them right here. Obviously, Michigan State is a two-seed at 20-5, and five, definitely deserving of a, of, a, of a great seed. They're having a good season, as well as Purdue. 20-6 and six is a four-seed. I think they're even better than that. I think they could come up and grab a three-seed. You've got Illinois at 21-6 and six with a six-seed, okay? But after that performance they had this week, 38-33, to 33, what kind of game is that? 38 yeah, to 33? Losing, yeah. Losing? Yeah. Yeah, they're I mean, okay. 17 to 13 at halftime or something like that. But they're still putting together a season. I mean, at 21 and 60 in the Big Ten. I get, okay, I, I understand. Number uh, an eight seed, Ohio State at 17 and 7. I don't really see it, but, you know, okay, fine. Wisconsin at 16 and 9 is a nine seed. Then you've got Minnesota, a 10 seed. Go ahead, say it, Mike. Wow, wow, Tubby, Tubby, Tubby. Tubby Smith, 18-7 and seven with a big, big win against Louisville. Okay, that ranked, that marks number six team. Then you've got Michigan. I think Michigan's a no-brainer. 18-7, and seven, they've had a couple of big wins. Yeah, They're a 10 seed. I think they could be a little bit higher than that. 
but they also put in number 11 seed Penn State at 19 and 8. Now let me tell you the three teams that they pulled out to let Penn State in. They pulled out Providence. No. They pulled out Cincinnati. No. And they pulled out Georgetown. Those are three big no, teams. Can't do so, that. You, I don't so, think I'd end up like it. So, Dr. Dish, that means that only seven Big East teams are in right now with three of them on the bubble, and two of those three bubble teams Louisville has to play in yeah, at I Georgetown and at Cincinnati. I know it, that's coming up here, and you know that's gonna that's what they need, a real uh, uh, win against a top-ten team and, you know, a real signature win, like they call it, in, uh, this time of year. So you're going to get their best games, and that's at their place. We've got to play both of them at Cincinnati and at uh, Georgetown. Well, and, and those games was, are coming uh, up. Was the first team to knock off Connecticut, you know? Yep. So they can those play. Teams, those, those games are coming up for Louisville. They're both on the road, and I would say if you're Louisville and Rick Pitino, you'd be happy to get out of there at one and one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, on, on, with against both of those games. Let's see. At at Cincinnati is our two o'clock game today on Saturday. That's a rivalry two o'clock. game too. I'm gonna be sitting here. Hopefully that's on uh, national TV, and then. Uh, Monday night at Georgetown. This is the Monday night game, 7 p.m. at Georgetown. So back-to-back. That's going to be a toughie, Scott. You're not kidding. And, 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 hey, then Louisville has to go to and, and come home to play Marquette. Now, you want to talk about a schedule. Marquette has five games left on their schedule. And let me run these five, uh, five teams down for you. Yep, it is not pretty. It is at Georgetown, yep. Connecticut, at Louisville, at Pittsburgh and Syracuse. <laughs> Whoa. That's, that that's, is a murderous. They come through that. Well, that's, final that's, five. That's a real morale killer there. And when, when I talked to you, Scott, the other day, it was like it's almost easier to go through the NCAA tournament to win the national championship than it is to go through six games of the Big East. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it really, really is. Every game you got to play each game one at a time. That's what you got to yep. do. Yeah, two and four, and they could easily go from a two seed down to a nine seed by losing those games. There's not an easy game on the rest of the schedule, so I feel sorry for them. They're sixteen and zero at home. I wouldn't want to play Marquette at home. Don't get me wrong, but we don't have to. So, uh, you know. But I tell you what, I'm looking at jo- Joe Lenardi right now, and uh, he's saying uh, Syracuse, Kentucky. I would like that. I would love that because we have a good record against Syracuse. Yeah, with Rick Pitino. I was reading here no. about Patterson. He, he's be all. he might play tomorrow. Patterson? Yeah. Well, looking at Kentucky, uh, you know, now, uh, I mean, Louisville, they, they came off that 45-point drubbing uh, against Notre Dame and came back with a 45-point win against the ball. So, or a 35-point yeah. loss. You know what? You know, they, you know what, they made up for their and, and they're still ranked seventh. They didn't. They didn't move a spot. So I think the I think the voters, the intelligent voters, not the ones from Kentucky, the intelligent <laughs> voters knew. Ah, you dog! Woo! Louisville was still the number seventeen. Providence game. Providence game. What made me uh, give me a little more hope? I mean, uh, that team shot seventy-five percent in the first half and only had a one-point lead at halftime. Here's a non-intelligent voter from Kentucky. That game against Notre Dame, they were going to lose that no matter what. I don't even count that game. I really don't. I don't even count that game. I don't even count that game because Louisville is that good. And, 
We'll see what well, happens, thanks, but they they are that good. That really that really warms my heart to hear you say that. Oh God! Yeah, hey, we're winning the UK fan, Scott. <laughs> I know, but it's the truth. I mean, they were not going to win that game. Notre Dame was coming in. Yeah, they was. They, they were had to win that, that game. game. Louisville could care less about that game, and they obviously showed because Rick Pitino ripped their ass. And you know, it was one of them things. It was we one of them on. games that Louisville was not going to win. Notre Dame was going to win. Well, we moved on. like I said, he pulled all the starters and put in all the subs and let them play the game on the second half, you know, and I kind of knew he was giving up on that game because they thought he didn't have their attention early, and Notre Dame jumped out on them, and that was a uh, – He pulled that shit with – he, he, he pulled he – pulled, I'm sorry. He pulled that crap with the uh, 96 Kentucky team. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you just pull them and say, hey, look, let, let them watch the game. Yeah. We're not going to win this game, so let's just – See what happens. See what see what the others can do. Kentucky has on the schedule today uh, Tennessee, Mike, uh, and now they look yep. good at Tennessee. They 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 handle Tennessee pretty good on their home court. So what are they going to do uh, this time? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, the last time they handled Tennessee was when Jody Meeks threw up fifty four. Jody Meeks will not get fifty four points uh, this time around. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. You know, I think you saw in your guy short. You know, when you got a guy, when he he did that against them, they don't play that good a defense. They like to run and shoot, and you get them in that kind of game. That is Jody Meeks' game. He loves. He's like a pistol. He, he loves, loves the cross. He loves it. He, up there. he is a he is the best shooter of, I've ever seen. About he gets on when grabbing he gets the ball on, and shooting. Everything goes in. And he he has he has uncanny knack by doing that, but. Uh, I don't know if he can do that again. And uh, Kentucky's got a long way to go. And uh, how many did he score when he played a real team in defense? How many did he score against Louisville? Twenty something. Yeah, it was it was almost thirty. Twenty three. I mean, he made a lot of foul shots too. Yeah. Yeah. Did they win? (laughs) Good. No, they didn't win. No, they lost. No, they don't. You you know what? They did lose. Uh, Let's let's see here. Let's see this breaking down. Kentucky got. Kentucky lost to Louisville by four, and uh, did. Oh yeah, big, yeah, big shot. Yeah, yeah it was tied. Yeah. Osa came down with about ten seconds left and threw up at yeah. three from yeah. ten feet outside the three point line and drilled it with her. And uh, it's, it's hard to remember. Yeah, all Kentucky, way back, Kentucky know? beat West Virginia earlier in the year, so uh, hey, that's a good win for them. Down. That West Virginia can play now. Hey, that's a good win for you, Mike. Yeah, I mean. Uh, well, they're done. Yeah, I'm not done. I'm not done. <laughs> so, Kentucky beat West Virginia. They played Louisville to within a uh, three-point shot from Sosa at at the buzzer. Yeah, it should have been a lot more than that, though. I mean, we kind of yeah. threw it away right there. Yeah, it should have been, should have been, whatever. <laughs> uh, so, that tells me that. Now, did West Virginia beat Pittsburgh? I don't think so. I think they did. Somebody did, yeah. Hello! Hello! Now, back back in November, Kentucky beat West Virginia. Is this called connecting the dots for third graders or something, or what is this? Yeah, it's third graders connect the dots. All I'm saying is we got hope, baby. We got hope. So, what I'm saying is... Kentucky played a great game against Vanderbilt the other night. I'll tell you, that was the game that uh, oh, you, you got to be proud of. Oh, 18 I didn't Kentucky. see it. Lenardi has Kentucky down as an 11 seed, squeaking in. 
against Syracuse. But I, in Miami. The NIT is still looming for Kentucky. Oh, will you quit it, Scott? <laughs> I told, hey, Neil, I told him the other day, I said, NIT means not in tournament. We all yep. know that. That's right. Not in tournament. They'll be there, and I just hope that we can play Louisville. I hope you do, too. Hey, we, we had a late <laughs> arrival on the show. We had a late arrival on the show, Football Jones, one of the guys that uh, that we have in our Dynasty League. Hey, you know what? We've been talking a lot of Louisville, Kentucky, and it's going to be fun uh, to see what happens in the brackets. But we had a Dynasty trade go down. I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this trade. Listen to this. Listen to this trade that turned out uh, in one of my leagues here. It's a Dynasty League. All right. It was it was four for four, four for four. One side had McLean, Leron McLean, okay. Clinton Portis, okay. Terrell Owens, and Reggie Wayne. That's yep. on one side, boy. On the other got, side, got the retirement league. On the other side, you had Eddie Royal, Frank Gore, Anthony Gonzalez. And David wow. Gerard. Uh, the other side got the the big time uh, from the. They made out. They made out good, Scott. Which team? McLean, Portis, Owens, and Wayne. No. Gerard, Gore, Gonzalez, and Royal. Yes. Okay, so you you're, you're saying that uh, Gore is better than Portis in a in a dynasty league. I kind of agree with you. Yep. You're you're, yep. you're you're putting Eddie Royal up there with Reggie Wayne. Wayne's probably a little bit higher on the upside with Royal being a number two and all. But Royal's coming yep. on though. You put Anthony Gonzalez ahead of Terrell Owens in a in a dynasty. Big time league. because Harrison because Harrison's out of Indy. And then you take you take McLean over Gerard for I'm sure. Yep. So, That's a good trade. Good yeah, trade. I think, it, I think it's a good trade for the it's royal owner, uh, the, the new royal owner in Gonzalez and Gore. I think with those three guys. That's got a dynasty league? Yeah, because in a couple of years, you know, you're not going to have Portis, Orleans, or Wayne. Yeah, so. that's what I said. You know, and and, and in two years, Gonzalez is going to be the man. But uh, I don't know. He, he's good for this year, though, I think. Gonzalez will be the man in Indy. <clears throat> Well, and he's got he, he gave up Reggie Wayne to do that. It's obviously is Harrison a move retired, for Harrison retired? Is he out of it now? Is it Marvin Harrison gone? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet, but we 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 expect him to get cut. To be honest with you, I mean the salary is just too much to bear. Yeah, I can't. He was eighteen anything. million or something. Yeah. You you can't pay that much to Marvin Harrison this year. Not with not with what he's giving you. Yeah, he. So. I I think he's going to be cut, and uh, yeah, it's too bad, but it's. Just the way the business is. It, it is a business. And, uh, Who could he play for? Works. Could you see him playing for Jacksonville or something like that? You know, uh, Kansas, City. And, huh? Kansas City. Kansas City. Kansas City. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, something like that. Yep. All right. Well, guys, we've got some big games tomorrow. Uh, you know, anything's possible in this NCAA bracket, man. Well, let's, let's, let's talk about the NCAA. Uh, I would love to to hear a final four from uh, each one of you right now. All right, right well, now. We're already 15 minutes over, but uh, we, we can give it a whirl here. Uh, Dish, you want to start or you want me to go? Well, I'll we'll go. just go from here and then maybe in, in a I couple got, weeks we'll do it again. I got to stick North Carolina in there as much as I hate to. 
Okay, you got North Carolina probably coming from the south, um, mm-hmm. possibly, the, uh, you know, okay. Um, I got to put, uh, well, I always have Louisville in there. Okay. Right. Um, I think Pittsburgh's really going to be a hard out. Now, I would have said I would like UConn, except I don't think they're going to be the same team, and it's kind of late in the season. Now, if they can come around, this little, little guard's an awful good guard, but they lost their – one of their lead guys there, and I just don't see if you can replace him. They ain't going right. to be as good, uh, quite the same team without him, I think. Right. And um, I'm going to say Michigan State. Okay. Well, North, Car- North Carolina, uh, Pittsburgh. You got Michigan State coming out of the East then. Uh, if, 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 if Michigan State's in the East, you have them coming out over UConn. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I should have took somebody from out west, but I don't just see anything well, out there in UCLA. You don't have to. Mike, I'm I'm going to go with the current bracketology that we have because you really don't know how they're going to get seeded. Um, you know, I'd love to put Louisville out there in my final four. Uh, I like that Oklahoma team, but uh, I am uh, – man, that Oklahoma team is tough. I'm going to put Louisville in my final four in the west. Sure. Uh, although that west looks – Absolutely loaded. I mean, you've got just ton. Of, you've got a ton of teams in there. You got Duke, you got Marquette, you got UCLA. Uh, Oklahoma was one of my was 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 a, a true legit one seed that I really think is getting uh, uh, underrated this year, uh, not getting the respect. Even though in the polls they're up there, you just don't hear anybody talking about Oklahoma. So, uh, oh yeah, I I'm forgot gonna, about I'm, that. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Louisville in my Final Four from the West. In the South. Uh, it's hard not to put North Carolina in there, and uh, to be honest with you, I don't see anything else contending with them. So I'm gonna put the I'm gonna put the Tar Heels in there. In the Midwest, where you got Pittsburgh as your one seed, I like Wake Forest as the two seed. Yeah. I like Wake Forest. I like what they're doing. And then in the East, okay, I'm dropping down. I don't think UConn, with that loss of the point guard, they're, they're going to be able to pull it off. I think they'll get there. But I like what I'm seeing out of Clemson. So I'm going to put Clemson in my final four. Wow. That's a reach, Scott. Three ACC teams. Yeah, you just want to put Duke. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Woo. They should call it the ACC Biggies Invitational. Yeah, I'd like to change mine. I'd like like to take, uh, who do I have in there? Michigan State. I had North Carolina, Louisville, Pittsburgh. I'd like to have Oklahoma in there. Oklahoma's in the same same, – uh, conferences. No, no. Or is it the same I don't know right now. All right. All right, guys. I got Scott has Louisville, Wake, Oklahoma, and... Uh, no, Louisville, Wake, Clemson, and North Carolina. Yeah, he's got three yep. ACC teams. Neil's got uh, North Carolina, there. Louisville, Pitt, and uh, Oklahoma. Yeah. There's yeah. my four. Real simple. It don't take a it don't take a rocket science to do it. Oklahoma, Nobody. North Carolina, UConn, and Pitt. Those are my four. Yeah. You Nobody know, I think Curry it, can get in there again this year. Who? Curry. Curry. And David Davidson. Yeah. Yep. Nah, he won't get in five four. When, when Wake Forest matches up against Pittsburgh, that is going to be one heck of a game. And to be and I'd love to put Pitt over. Matter of fact. It, it, it's hard not to. It's so hard I'm gonna, not. I know. I'm going just... to switch that out and take Pitt over Wake Forest just because that's going to be one heck of a game. I really see it, see it shaking out that way. Pitt over Wake. Yeah. Yep. 
Hey, All right. Are you talking? Are you talking, Scott? Yep. All right, gang. Well, we'll we'll, we'll try to do better next week. We're gonna uh, we're gonna roll out of here on Red versus Blue. We'll be back at eleven o'clock with all the cast of friends, Mike Trent, Doctor Diff. This is Scott Atkins, and we'll see you next week. Hey, one question, Scott. What was your question? Um, how do you make a favorite? How do you how do you put uh, your show in as a favorite here? I can You have to go back to home or? Yeah, you can just go right to our homepage and then click add a favorite right underneath the player. You'll Gotta see. Got to click homepage, right? Just just click on Blog Talk Radio slash Red versus Blue, and you'll see add as a favorite right underneath the player. Right underneath. Hi, the, Scott. Right underneath the media player. Yep. Okay. How you doing? All right, Mike. <laughs> All right, Mike. How you doing? All right, Mike. Yeah, we'll see you next week. All right, man. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.